Hello and welcome to another edition of Morning Hoops Basketball Podcast. I'm Anthony Deneu. You can find me on Twitter at Anthony Deneu. He is Kyle McEwen. Find him at RotoKyleNBA. Uh, we appreciate you guys checking us out, whether that be on Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, in the podcast format, and one of the many uh, podcast forums. And uh, we appreciate you guys checking us out. And if you could help us out even a little bit more, if you would like, if you would subscribe, if you would review, comment, um, comment into the show too. It's a live stream and we want to hear your guys' feedback on everything. Maybe you have a question and uh, we can put it right up on the screen. And if you do rate and review the podcast, Kyle is going to mail you one of his world famous peas and tuna sandwiches. Wow. Uh, it's Okay. Yeah. I haven't really made it into like a sandwich ever, but it's just peas and tuna, a delicious dish made at breakfast, dinner or Nuna. Um, but yeah, You'll definitely get some peas and tuna mail to you. <laughs> I don't know what kind of package I'm going to have to send it in to, to keep it fresh, though. This is going to be a it's it's uh, you're probably going to want to make sure you have some kind of mask to wear when you receive the package. That's right, because your package is extremely fresh. Um, mainly, I was just worried about the smell of tuna after going through the mail system <laughs> and uh, not staying like, you know. And some maybe I'll send you all the uh, accoutrement to to make your own peas and tuna, and then I'll include a peas and tuna wrap that I wrote back in college that you already heard a little taste of. We should probably right, get on to got- talking about basketball. <laughs> Let's talk about basketball. We got seven games tonight. Kyle was actually at one of them. Uh, the Mavericks came to Milwaukee, and Kyle got some tickets with some buddies and went to the game. So we'll, we'll do that game last. But well, uh, go how ahead, cool was it of the Mavericks to come all the way to Milwaukee just so I could go watch them play? I mean, really nice of them. You should yeah. probably you should r- probably write uh, Kristaps Porzingis a thank you letter. I it's probably many many thank you letters. I think what I'll do is I'll come up with a form one and send it to the whole organization. A lot of people were involved in bringing them to Milwaukee just so I could watch them. Yes, very nice. Uh, so we'll we'll get to the Mavs at Bucks. We'll do that game last since Kyle was there. We can talk about his NBA experience and uh, talk to Kyle about what what he saw, what he felt, what he liked, what he disliked, and we had a surprise ending, if you will, with. Uh, the Mavericks getting the win for the first time over the Bucks. The Bucks had won 18 straight games and could not get it done against the Mavs. But we'll get there later. Let's start off with uh, the first game of the night. We had the Wizards and the Pistons, and uh, the Wizards winning this one, 133 to 119. But Kyle, there were some injuries for the Pistons that probably helped out the Wizards in this one. Yeah, Blake Griffin was out with a sore left knee, and he even went underwent an MRI on his knee on Sunday. So that's a little bit concerning. This is the same knee that he had off-season surgery on, and that was limiting him to come into this season. So the fact that it's already becoming an issue, and we were seeing Griffin struggle to really assert himself on the team this season. Up to this point, it's the, the you know you're, you're starting to worry about Blake Griffin's long term health for the rest of the season. Hopefully, it's just a a small road bump and and he gets back soon. But um, Andre Drummond's situation has been a little bit more just kind of funny because he's now missed uh, uh missing a second straight game. He was questionable for the first uh you know game before those two with this eye issue due to an allergic reaction to avocado so it's just you're kind of sitting here going like when is this going to end <laughs> when is the go- the avocado going to get out of his system 
Um, but this definitely limited the Pistons and allowed the Wizards a chance to get a win over them. And then the Pistons ended up starting Thon Maker at center again, which is just a curious decision when they've got Christian Wood coming off the bench and playing well uh, in, in at least a statistical fashion. I don't know if Christian Wood necessarily is can be regarded as somebody who is a, a winning basketball player, but <clears throat> for people who play fantasy, we all know who Christian Wood is because when he gets and uh, the nickname the Crucifix on the Locked On podcast with Josh Lloyd, I think is a great one for Christian Wood. Um, anyways, Christian Wood is regarded as this guy that when he gets those minutes, he goes out there and he just kind of collects a lot of rebounds, can block shots, can hit a three, so he'll go out there and score. He, he's, he's regarded as a fun player, so so a lot of people want to root for Christian to get out there and to play that kind of rangy game like a like a Giannis does uh, as a big man with with athleticism and ability and mobility. Uh, so starting Thonmaker and seeing him just be kind of the same disappointment that he's been most of his career is, is a little bit frustrating. We also saw Markeith Morris step into the starting lineup at power forward with Blake Griffin being out and, and Markeith had a good game. So kudos to him. But um, I, as a former Pistons fan, I, I don't, I, I hope that uh, current Pistons fans don't have to watch Markeith Morris all season, just because it means you're not going anywhere. You know, if he's your starting power, right? Forward. <clears throat> Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to view this Pistons team. I, I think that that uh, we're hoping for a rebuild, right? And how, and do you think that they benefit more from holding out Drummond and Griffin until they are fully healthy, so they can so they can trade them? I mean, so it seems like there's quite a bit of chatter around the or uh, there's this there's more and more chatter going around uh, going on around Andre Drummond, and there's also a. Uh, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said that the Pistons are close to having to make a hard decision about either going forward with Andre Drummond or moving away from him. And if you're moving away from Andre Drummond, like, I, I don't know, man, that's tough. Like, is it just time to blow it up? Because if you can get away from this Blake Griffin contract and away from the fact that he's a perpetual injury concern due to the way that he plays the game, I think you maybe you have to go that way with the Pistons, especially considering the fact that every single time um, some of the bigger players are out for the Pistons, we see Bruce Brown step up in a more prolific way. Whereas when the team is healthy and all the the shot takers and shot makers are are go in there taking their shots, getting their touches, being the main facilitators, Bruce Brown doesn't ha doesn't have those roles. He's more of just a three and D guy. But when asked to, Bruce Brown has shown through the summer league and through different instances this season, conditionally, where he can, if asked to, be one of your be your primary facilitator, still be good on defense, score a little bit more, and I, I just there's a big part of me that just feels like when are the Pistons going to kind of stop overlooking how good Bruce Brown has been well, already and just just commit to him. Yeah, and I think uh, you know if you're looking for Blake Griffin to get traded, I think the Knicks could use a power forward. <laughs> exactly, they do need a, a fifth or sixth to to add on to the heap there. But Bruce Brown had a great game: twenty points, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, Derek Rose had a great game off the bench: twenty-two points in twenty-nine minutes, uh, two o five from three-point land, which is always good to see. Derek Rose banging from deep because he doesn't do that too often. Eight assists, one steal. 
Um, on the on the Wizards side of things, Bradley Beal scored 35 points with 10 assists, so a nice night from him. <clears throat> Isaiah Thomas returned from a uh, a recent absence due to injury, put up 23 points, six assists in just 26 minutes. Ish Smith moved back to the bench, still had a good game off the bench for him in just 22 minutes, 10 points. Seven assists, three steals, and two blocks for Ish Smith. So some uh, some nice lines from the guys there with the Wizards. Davy Spartans, 17 points and just three three-pointers. Uh, you know, what a disappointment. Uh, that's so funny. When I looked at the box score, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, only <laughs> only three of six from I mean, the you're almost expecting at least five a game yeah. from them right now, you know? Right. So unreal. Uh, should we move on to the Cavaliers and the Raptors? <laughs> yes, sir. All right, so the Raptors win this one at home by 20, 133 to 113. Uh, Kyle, who had the big game here? Um, uh, Pascal Siakam is is the probably the guy to talk about. 33 points, four rebounds, four assists. Uh, but Norm Powell was really the one that jumps out to me when looking at, at who had the best game here. 26 points, six rebounds, five assists, four steals, one block. 36 minutes played from from Norm Powell, <clears throat> four of six from three point land. Sorry, I was yelling, yelling a little bit too much at that game tonight. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's just storming Norman Powell having a, a great game there with uh, with Fred Van Vliet still out due to injury. Yeah, so Powell got the start um, at shooting guard there. Yep, uh, <laughs> he did. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's not too much else to talk about here. We did see a really nice game from Darius Garland, 20 points, five assists, two steals in a career high 38 minutes. So you you do love to see that that continued step or pro- progression from Darius Garland. And and as we mentioned in yesterday's show, the or I believe I mentioned in yesterday's show, um Garland and Kevin Porter Jr. are considered like the two guys on the Cavs that they're not looking to trade. That's not to say that they wouldn't get traded in the right deal, but essentially Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr. are the two guys that the Cavs have identified from their current group of guys that they're, you know, that's who they're kind of planning on building around right now. So for whatever that means, because honestly, but that means Sexton is potentially available. And you would think that was the case when they drafted Garland that maybe they weren't so high on Sexton. Yeah, but that's such a poor way to to try. Like, if you're if you don't feel good about Sexton, then why didn't you trade him before you drafted Garland to get whatever you could? Or, I mean, then then that's a really hard sell to your owner. Hey, we just took this guy with like the sixth pick a year ago. We're gonna trade him already. Is that cool? Oh, and we're probably only gonna get back like the thirtieth pick, maybe. Uh, we got some comments here from Cupid68 and Bucket Ninja. Uh, Bucket Ninjas asked you how the game went. We're going to get there. Uh, talked about Rui Hachimura getting hurt and uh, said it was a bruised nut, took a big groin shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we've seen some of these groin contusions of late. Uh, I, I, I guess I, I'm not too too super worried about it. Uh, Bam Adebayo had a groin contusion that he's been he kind of played through. And it, he even got banged in it again. So hopefully that uh, Rui will be all right. I didn't actually see a video of that injury yet, so I don't want to comment too much on it. Uh, Bucket Ninja also, before we get to Cupid 68, Bucket Ninja says, uh, I almost traded Garland. Well, hey, I mean, Garland's in most leagues is just a like a, a luxury streamer 
and a flyer. If you're already in a, a luxury like stash flyer, if you're already in good standings, you're near the, the top of your league and you're competing and you're not at risk of, of falling out of the playoffs. But if you're fighting for a playoff spot, Darius Garland, Garland hasn't performed well enough to be looked at as much more than a streamer. But as illustrated in in Monday's game, 20 points, five assists, two steals, four three-pointers in 38 minutes, he has the ability to, to be a go-to scorer someday and a prolific three-point shooter and somebody who can hopefully become more of a consistent facilitator. And once they move love, too, you got to think there's going to be a lot of usage coming his way. Yeah, and, and also just the whole idea about Garland is like put everything he is right now into a very firm context of the fact that he only played like five games in college. So his 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 career arc is pretty much from high school to the NBA. And and there's a bit of a, you know, he's been out with injury coming into the season. He wasn't even healthy in, in a lot of training camp and, and the preseason. So he's still getting into game shape. He's still getting to, you know, the NBA game shape. He's learning every single new matchup that he gets to go against, whether it's a bigger point guard or a, a faster point guard or, you know, his whole career in college and or in high school, he's been playing against people who are worse than him or and, and many levels down below him. Now it's just like, oh, every single night I'm playing against somebody who's either smarter than me more uh more experienced than me or you know as you know close to the same level of talent as i am and i'm a smaller guy too so i have to try to make up for for that limitation so i think we just have to take what we can from looking at what garland's done and and find those rosier spots and say okay if if he is the the elite level talent that a lot of teams thought he was coming into the league then those bigger moments should become more consistent as we go forward. Okay, um, I want to get to Cupid sixty-eight here. Uh, is the, is the Wizards' young German injured? I believe he's talking about Mo Wagner. Yeah, Mo Wagner is injured right now. Um, it's from everything I've seen, they've just been treating it like it's day to day at the moment. So if, if there was a new notification while I was at the Milwaukee game, I'm sorry I didn't see it. I'm it's tough. If you look at Mo Wagner for fantasy purposes and you've got him on your roster and you're competing and you're in a good spot, he's an okay luxury stash to, but we're also only expecting Wagner's uh, increased use in standard leagues right now to be related to the fact that Thomas Bryant is out with injury. So the longer that, that Wagner is sitting out due to these, these, uh, you know, the smaller injuries or, or these day-to-day injuries, that that's less and less value that he has as Bryant's injury return gets closer and closer, which is looking like it's going to be maybe the middle of January. So we're still looking at like maybe a month or another three or four weeks of of Mo Wagner having increased value. But even in those situations, we've already seen him have foul issues when he's been healthy, and the team is willing to look at other options too in regards to having Rui Hachimura and, and Davis Berton shift up a little bit. So, and having Troy Brown play up at power forward. So there's, there isn't like this uh, super reliance on Wagner that was looked like it might be a, poten- 
potentially available to him when Thomas Bryant first went down. So ultimately, if you're playing in a standard league and you've got Mo Wagner on your on your roster and you're looking out at your wire and you see a comparable player or a, 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 good, a comparable streamer or flyer with upside that's actually healthy, I'd go ahead and grab that person. I wouldn't be hanging on to Wagner right now just based on what he might be while Brian is out. All right, last one before we move on. Otis D wants to know Garland or Thomas in a 12 team nine cat. He has uh he has Washington to drop from uh the surgery. So that's tough because Isaiah Thomas is probably going to be a little bit more consistent, but we've already seen uh injury issues with him. And we've also seen a somewhat limited minutes from Isaiah Thomas in that even as the starting point guard for the Wizards, because they're giving decent minutes to ish smith off the bench so you know we're not getting to that 30 minutes threshold with with isaiah thomas nightly and looking at garland like if you if you need more immediate production if you are not in a good spot for the playoffs right now i'd probably go ahead and, and stream isaiah thomas considering what he did although he shot a great percentage on monday that's not sustainable so you know you can take that with a grain of salt a bit but um, I, I don't think we can in any way count on what Garland did Monday to be consistent right now. I, I think you would probably look at Isaiah Thomas's uh, production to be a little bit better in the short term. So he's a better streamer. But if you're already in a good spot in the standings, I do think that long term this season, Garland's potential upside is uh, much better. I mean, it, as you mentioned, Anthony, if Kevin Love goes then that creates a lot of shot opportunities and just touches in general to be a, more of a distributor if uh if the ball doesn't have to be constantly fed through love absolutely um do we want to move to texas i'm i i, I would i'd move to texas i don't know that i'd want to like set down roots there or anything but you know for like a year or so <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of Texas, uh, the Spurs were in Houston on Monday night, losing by two, 109 to 107. Uh, there was a, a little a little dust up, I guess you could say, between James Harden and DeJounte Murray. I don't know. Did you see this footage? Yeah, I did. I watched it like 40 times. I watched it for about 10 minutes straight. I, I, I love this. And once again, I really do think that James Harden is being a punk. Can you really deny oh that this time? Oh, my gosh. Oh, really? No, go ahead, man. Give a give me your James Harden, di- you know, rant. Disc. Once again, he initiated unnecessary contact that I think is punkish. And I mean, this one was not during play, whereas the the Devin Booker one from a few weeks ago was a little bit different. That was during play when uh, Harden kind of initiated contact with the ball. In this one, it was after a main <laughs> bucket, I believe. So and- Dejounte Murray is coming down the court. He's on a fast break. He gets a gets an easy layup, and then he's standing there like mean mugging under the basket with his his shoulders raised and like a, a very confident stance. And James Harden comes up, and what happens? He bumps him out of the way to get the basketball. So James Harden initiated contact. That is my opinion. Well, I mean, either it happened or it didn't. There's video evidence. So, okay, that's as you remember it. Okay, so obviously you're biased. I'm looking at it right now. James Harden definitely initiated contact. Okay, confirmation. Not 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 relying on our biased views um, and memories. 
Okay. Oh, I, yeah, Harden initiates it for sure. Well, yeah, I'm and, sorry. And then and then Murray kind of comes back like, okay. Yeah. And then and then Harden does it again. And then Murray's really like, all right, now let's you know let's get it on. Isn't there some cartoon of like two fat guys bumping bellies together? Because that's what it looked like. Like when you really break that down, is we should put some cartoon. You there know, is, yeah. Dejounte Murray definitely leads with his belly on his on his. <laughs> and, uh, and Harden always leads with his beer gut. You know, so he does. He does. He's yeah. he's come on, weird. man. He's perfect, no. He's dude. he's he's great. He's not perfect. The, he's the fact he's, uh, that he's Richard Moon chugging keystones on the bench, here, folks. Yeah. This is unnecessary. He's all right. Here's my yeah. prediction. He's going to get punched by the end of the season by an NBA player. Who Harden? Yes, on the court. He's going to get punched. Well, and he's not going to take it well either, Kyle. Yeah, I, I would hope not. Speaking of getting punched, did you but see? As the, we've talked about before, he's got that beard to help protect him from a uh, punch, uh, like impact. So yeah, he also has those awful teeth that will. I mean, not be affected. Why are you either. going after his teeth, man? It's I'm, so American right. of this you. Is petty. This is petty. This Jeez, is petty. dude. You're not even talking about his basketball skills. You're just cutting up his, like, you're just trying to aesthetically. You're right. That's wrong. I'm cutting him down. Yeah. Come on now. Giannis, Giannis MVP forever. We got to build up our brothers, you know? Like, I mean. true. No, he's amazing. He's amazing. And I didn't dislike him up until uh, last year. You're right over there. <laughs> Uh, my alarm was going off on my phone. Very good. I think I, I want to know what people think about it. So if you could do get a chance to see the DeJounte Murray, James Harden video, I think once again, Harden is being Harden and I don't like it. And Kyle thinks it's fine and loves him blindly. No, I Love just, I don't, that's what, uh, I don't care. Like that's if, what Eve told us EVE, I don't care if one player's getting, all showy like DeJounte was a little bit with his, you know, I, I would, I just got a breakaway layup. I don't care that Harden comes up and gives him a little bump. And then I don't care that DeJounte gives him a bump and then a shove. But then I do start to worry, like, don't do anything stupid guys. I want to keep watch you continue to play basketball. So yeah, I don't want yeah. any punches yeah. thrown. So I hope nobody punches James Harden. I mean, it is what it is, and that's not to say that I didn't enjoy watching the Malice at the Palace a hundred times over the course of my life. Right. But you know, I watched, I watched that uh, Carmelo Anthony punch that was uh, shown on Twitter today, maybe by Bleacher Report or Slam Magazine. But uh, you saw where he punches and he hits him good, and then just started. Oh, did he actually? Him? Yeah, oh, you can hear it. It's yeah, it's it's a, a yeah, a good hit. I'm trying to think of who he hit though. Maybe Ronnie Turiaf. I'm not. I'm not sure who it was. Oh my god! He landed a good one and then just backpedaled. I I didn't like that. Ronnie Turiaf better not be getting any fights, man. He's got a heart condition. Yeah, that's right. Harden and Mello have a lot of similarities. Uh no, I wouldn't put that. That's ridiculous. See, there you go. Because of your see, the way you feel about Mello is similar to the way I feel about Harden. There's a lot of just verifiable facts about Melo, uh, which are that he has in the past always been somebody who like issued being like he he's one of those fools who would complain about what position he was playing, not realizing that like, OK, dude, if you shift up to power forward, other teams are going to play other guys at power forward that would guard you anyways. Like other teams aren't just going to put their like 
I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I always think that Mello's ego got in the way. I don't see Harden's ego getting in the way of things. Um, but anyways, about this Houston Rockets and Spurs game, uh, the, the most interesting thing to me from this is the fact that the San Antonio Spurs come out in this game and in the first and second quarter score 35 and 37 points independently in those two quarters. And then in the second half of the game, the Houston Rockets hold the Spurs to just 35 points total in the second half. So that's first quarter, 35, second quarter, 37, third and fourth quarters combined, 35. That's bonkers. They blew it. They blew it, man. Yeah. So, um, and we did see just the, the same lineup from last game for the Spurs with uh, Trey Lyle starting at power forward. Aldridge at center. DeJounte Murray was starting at, at point guard again. DeJounte played 29 minutes at 16 points, three assists, two steals, five rebounds, one block. Um, Brent Forbes finally had a good game, so that's good for him. Uh, it was nice to see Derek White come off the bench and still and actually get some minutes with DeJounte Murray in this game. I didn't get to watch that tape yet, so I don't want to talk too much about it or laud it, but there were some comments on Twitter that that they were causing some chaos, which my response to that is like, of course they would. That's that's the frustrating thing about Popovich not giving DeJounte and Derek White an opportunity to start together in the backcourt is just the idea that you've got two all-team, all-first-team defense-type guys, guards, who can cover multiple positions and you know, have the length to step up and, and guard a lot of small forwards in this league too. So their versatility is absolutely wonderful and they would cause so much chaos on defense that it would hopefully lead to a lot of open buckets just in the, in, in the open court to just kind of get out and run and off of turnovers and deflections and such. So also to, to, to be able to have two point of attack defenders on the court at all times, it, it's just, it's just, it's just another thing to lean on uh, when you're, when you're not, your shots not falling. So, but anyways, I don't know if there's too much more to talk about from this game. Westbrook had 31, James Harden had 28, and then Clint Capella had 15 rebounds with 15 points and five assists, three blocks. Nice line from Capella there. That's probably the most impressive one to me from the from the Rockets side of things. Not quite 20 and 20, but a damn good line. Yes, sir. Darn good line. Uh, that's right. Darn good line. Gosh darn it. Uh, should we move on to the Bulls and the Thunder? Uh, we still got to do the uh, Memphis and Miami, right? Or oh, were those all the, the were those all at the same time tonight? My bad. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. I was gonna go to Heat and Grizzly after Bulls Thunder. Sorry, bud. You, <laughs> however you want to go, pal. No. All right. So uh, the Thunder beat the Bulls one oh nine to one oh six. Uh, Zach Levine, thirty nine points. He's uh, the the big guy of the of of this game, but uh, Thunder obviously get the win. And Chris Paul, six of eight from beyond the arc, nine of twelve overall from the field. Another um, good start. This was a good start for the Bulls. Looked like they were gonna be able to pull one off, but they they did not. Uh, thirty seven points scored in the first quarter. Thirty eight points scored in the second half. So another one of those situations. And uh, it's just funny that we're seeing correlations between the Spurs and the Bulls right now, um, which is terrifyingly sad. Uh, 
but yep, Chris Paul was amazing to help uh, bring this game back for the Thunder and get the get the win for them. Schroeder had a nice game off the bench with 18 points, five assists, one steal, and two blocks. Nice job there, Schroeder. Always always love to see the guards getting those defensive stats, especially the uh, the blocks. Shea Gilgis played 34 minutes, but only took three shots. So that doesn't seem like that's a good thing, but uh, five turnovers just wasn't his night, it seems. On the Bulls side of things, Zach Levine with 39 points, three assists, two steals, three of 11 uh, from three-point land, 15 of 25 overall. So, hey, Zach Levine was good, had uh, the second biggest scoring night of the of the nights, if that makes any sense. Sure. He's the high man of the end of, yeah. He led his second and Monday night scoring. Yes. But uh, not too much to talk about here. Just uh, the Bulls crapping away another opportunity to uh, get a win. And hopefully this is just another, uh, you know, turn of the knife in the idea that uh, we won't, we aren't, we won't have to watch Boylan coach this team all year. But then again, if Boylan's going, we just got to hope that the whole house gets cleaned. And if the whole house is getting cleaned, Unfortunately, I don't really see that happening until the offseason. Awesome. Yeah, we can hope. But if you're if you are, you know, I know a lot of teams might want to wait into the offseason, but if you wait until the offseason, like so what you install a new front office and then you tell them, hey, you got a couple weeks until the draft. Have fun with that. Like <laughs> that's true. They need to push the draft back. The draft should be at least two weeks later than it is. It's hard though, because you have the draft and then you have summer league and yeah well and and apparently there's like a there's like a month or two of of dead time but there's like a month of actual dead time that when you listen to zach Lowe and adrian wojnarowski talk about the schedule they're like those front office guys are not going to want to give away that you know and, and the players too like that's the one time where they're legitimately just away from everything especially if they you know play deep into the playoffs hmm and August is used for a lot of FIBA competition stuff too, or August and September. So, All right? Yeah, it's it's oh, it's yeah. just tough. Basketball is year round, man. I yeah, I just to have the draft before free agency to me is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, there's a there's a number of things having it so soon after the season. I mean, the thing is, if you don't make the playoffs, then you have all the time in the world to figure your stuff out. But I do understand why they have to do it so quickly, and I love that it is year-round. But I I do think uh, lessening the amount of games so that way you can have a shorter season and then change these things up a little bit. I I think free agency in the draft certainly has to be flip-flopped, and I would also like to see a third round to the draft. Since now every team basically has a G League team, but we'll get into that another. Well, day. there was a there was some side news on that the NBA Players Association. Um, or the National Basketball Players Association (NBPA) is they're having conversations with G League players about unionizing the league. So that's interesting, and I don't know if that means that the G League would become like a total feeder thing and um minor league system, and then and then do we actually start to see other like another league generated too, where it's we 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 actually have a level like a cat yeah like academies rather than rather than players going to the NCAA. So yeah. which I think is what's going to happen. 
is it's gonna think, it's yeah, gonna I get agree. more and more into that soccer model of yeah. uh, yep. European type stuff. Yep, international soccer competition. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I think the NBA is certainly going in that direction. Every player Very- is gonna be Luka Doncic. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Next game, baby. Yeah, let's go to the Heat and the Grizzlies. Uh, you and I talked on our trade show, our buyers, sellers, and teams in between. Kind of went down through the NBA. Something that I think the Heat could use is a backup center. Bam Adebayo played 43 minutes tonight. Yeah, uh, that is a lot of minutes, but Bam Adebayo is a really good player, and he had 14 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. You love to see those defensive stats. Uh, just 0 of 1 from 3-point land, but I think taking that one 3-point shot does uh, at least help Adebayo escape from owing Jimmy Butler money. They, <laughs> but, Butler finds Adebayo when he doesn't take 3-point shots. So Really? Yep. That's fun. Yes, it is. It's it's good to see your your teammates encouraging you to expand your game and to try new things. And apparently, Jimmy Butler's been, you know, telling Adebayo like, you know, keep keep you know keep doing this, keep doing that. You know, you're a beautiful human being. You know, don't shy away from the the spotlight. Um, so that's fun. Hey, both players were listed in the the top ten of basketball uh, player reference. Basketball player reference is that right? Basketball reference. Basketball reference, their top is- 10 list for MVP. I think that comes out weekly. Bam coming in at number nine. Jimmy's hub been hovering around five or six basically the whole season. Yeah, it's interesting to see Bam there, but I think that's just that, that's something for maybe a, a deeper conversation. We can talk about all those guys and Absolutely. how realistic those, those situations are. And then you could even look at – because to me – it's to say, okay, if Jimmy Butler went down with an injury, I guess, yes, if Bam Adebayo is able to keep the Heat winning at the same rate, then then maybe you start to regard Bam Adebayo as the quote-unquote MVP candidate from the, from the Heat. But it's r- really hard for me to look at some of the guys on that list from basketball reference and be like, okay, yeah, a legit MVP candidate. No. Right. <laughs> no. Giannis, you know, like there's three. Or you know maybe maybe five, but anyways. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the Grizzlies win one eighteen to one eleven at home over the Heat. This is somewhat of a surprise, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Grizzlies aren't supposed to be beating the Heat right now, um, so it's a surprise from that respect. But it's also fun as heck to see John Morant put up twenty and ten and lead, you know, lead his team to a victory. It's fun to see Jonas Valanciunas have a good game with 21 and 10 of his own two blocks, just a a classic Jonas line, eight of nine from the field, one of one from three point land. Uh, Jay Crowder was back in action after missing the previous game, scored 10 points, six rebounds, two steal or two assists. Uh, And Jaron Jackson didn't, uh, didn't, didn't hit any two point field goals. Didn't get to the free throw line, but banged in five, three pointers, five of 11 point from three point land, 15 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals for Jaron Jackson, jr. Giannis jr. And then Brandon, Brandon Clark played well off the bench. And and so did D'Anthony Melton, D'Anthony Melton. Wow. 16 points, seven rebounds, four assists, one steal, nine of 11 from the free throw line. We will always remember. (laughs) 
Very good. Sorry. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., though, hitting a ton of threes this last Too year. soon? Yeah, yeah, right. Too soon. Or whatever. I guess I should. <laughs> there's a lot we could do with that. But um, not. On, the, uh, on the heat side of things, Tyler Harrow. Harrow. It's pronounced Harrow. Like your hair. Isn't that weird? Uh, 22 points, five rebounds, three assists, one steal. 205 from three-point land in 38 minutes off the bench for Tyler Harrow. He's he's good. He's good. He's good at basketball. He's good, but this uh this is a deep heat team, and they still had Goran Dragic and Justice Winslow out for this one. So it's just a matter of saying, you know, when they're healthy, it's gonna be harder for some of these guys to shine nightly or to shine consistently because the team's going to kind of uh uh, well, they're going to give Goran Dragic a good run. They're going to give Justice Winslow a good run. Both those guys handle the ball. Both those guys shoot the ball. So <laughs> it's just going to be less uh, less ball for people. Um, the Heat are the, one of the most intriguing teams for a trade deadline because I really do think they're one, one more player away. One player away. Oh, I think... We know what Pat Riley's willing to do in, in regards to trades. He'll 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 cook up an eighteen player you know masterpiece in the middle of the season that brings in Antoine Walker and Jason Williams and or whoever it was that he brought in back sure. in the day. But yeah. um, they were both on the team. Gary Payton, I think, was on yep. that team. Got yep. his ring. Mike Miller. Yeah, there you go. No, not the coach. Right. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, uh. Uh, good 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 on you grizzlies good win good win yeah and had i been able to watch this game i would have loved to this was like this is two of the fun up-and-coming teams and the heat are more than an up-and-coming team they're a, a force in the east but uh memphis got some good young pieces and so i think this would have been a, a fun matchup to watch the heat and the grizzlies well yeah uh should we move on to portland and phoenix Blazers get the win 111-110 and uh, a close one pretty much throughout. Hey, I know you uh, tried to spoon feed me into hating on Carmelo earlier by comparing him to James Harden, but the fact of the matter is Carmelo was freaking awesome on Monday night. 23 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, 3 blocks, 4 of 6 from 3-point land. Hootie hoo. Uh, Eight of sixteen overall in thirty-five minutes for Carmelo Anthony. I just love how many minutes they're giving him for crying out loud. Like this guy comes back from not playing for a year, and you're thinking, oh, they're probably gonna have to limit him. You know, his last couple teams weren't really ha- happy playing him big minutes because it just wasn't effective in the long run. Um, if, if there is a you know a couple of negative things that I can f- try to find to point out about Carmelo in this. I can say the fact that he finished negative one in the plus minus, whereas Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum were uh, plus seven and plus 10. Um, so if, you know, if you want to look at that, Carmelo is not as good as them, <laughs> but we already knew that. Uh, look, man, Carmelo's playing great on, on the trailblazers. It's fun to see him thriving on it. You know, hopefully this team can, can trend upwards enough with the positivity they were playing a phoenix suns team without devin booker though so that's really the story to take away from this one so i don't know if the trailblazers should feel too amped up about getting this win this is one they 
definitely need to get if they're going to try to fight back into relevancy in the West. Also, the Suns' last game without DeAndre Ayton, he is set to return Tuesday night. Heck yeah, man. Pull the ripcord on that semi-train and let's hear the engine roar. Um, (laughs) That was was the gas horn toot, and that's probably what I should have said, but you you knew what I was talking about. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Does that wrap it up for Portland, Phoenix, PDX, and PHX? (sighs) There's really not much else to talk about, is there? Well, then let's get to our. Well, main hey, I'm event. sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Ricky Rubio, triple double. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ricky Rubio, triple double. So 10 points, 11 rebounds, 14 assists. And Rubio's just been slapping them dimes around. It's been like there a march go. of dimes. That's a Jason Kidd uh, triple double right there. Yeah, it is. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Eight just turnovers is not good, though. So, hey, check. Get better on that, Mr. Rubio. That's right, almost a quadruple double. Yeah, definitely looking forward to to uh, Aiton getting back, but kudos to Frank Kaminsky for having a good game in his uh, send-off as the starting center. 17 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 2 three-pointers. So good work there, brother. Kyle, let's get to the main event. You were at the Milwaukee Bucks game. They had won 18 in a row. The Mavs were without Luka Doncic and somehow won the game over the Bucks, this is all your fault. You're a huge jinx, and I have you to blame for the Bucks winning streak being over. I'm sorry, jerk. <laughs> uh, you, you know, we bought tickets for this game, obviously based around the fact that it was a Monday night game. They were playing Luka Doncic. Thought we can get a little bit cheaper tickets because it's on a a less desirable night, but we still get to see an MVP versus MVP showdown. Didn't happen that way. Um, so that was a little bit of a disappointing disappointment not to get to see Luka Doncic. But he is apparently re- rehabbing pretty well or, or coming back quicker than expected from his uh, the initial diagnosis of his, his uh, ankle sprain. So hopefully that continues to progress over the next week and a half or so. And we see him back within a couple weeks uh, and not, you know, not like three or four. Uh, as seemed to be a possibility when the initial reports came out. But, you know, this game was a lot of fun. Dallas got off to a big lead on the on the Bucks start, 36-22 to 22 in the first quarter, and then the Bucks made a sweep back in the second quarter. Uh, the, the Mavs ended up kind of pulling away and going into the fourth and deeper into the fourth, even to the point that with like four minutes left, uh, coach Budenholzer pulled Giannis and was like, dude, we're done. Like we just, we're not hitting our shots. Things aren't falling. We're not getting in any rhythm. You know, Giannis is going out there trying his darndest to will this team to a win, scored 48 points, 14 rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block in his 34 minutes. But it wasn't until like there was, I think 40 seconds left or so might even be less than that that they decided to bring Giannis back. I think there was even no 26 seconds left. They ended up bringing Giannis back in the game because the Bucks just kept chipping away at things and the, the, the Mavs started to miss free throws. So it was really fun. Porzingis in the first game without, without Doncic there was a more willing shooter. 
he would get it out past, you know, far out past the three point line, kind of just look at his defender and be like, I'm shooting it anyways. And that was, that was good and banging in. And it was, you know, it's fun when you're watching a, a player do something amazing in a, in an opponent's arena, because you can just feel the air getting sucked out of everybody around you. Whereas I'm sitting there going like, yeah, go get them. Chris, Chris Stapps. Cause I'm a, I'm like a newfound Bucks fan. I, I appreciate the Bucks because I fell in love with Giannis after I, you know, after I moved here and after he came into the league. So like, I don't have this emotional attachment to the Bucks. I root for them because I live here and because I get to go watch them live. But like, for the most part, I'm an NBA fan. So when I'm watching the Bucks, I I'm sitting there yelling about the good plays that Dorian Finney Smith's making and stuff like that, you know, and yeah, just talking trash about how, ugly Justin Jackson's game is and it's a fun time <sighs> Dwight Powell Dwight Powell in this game four points eight rebounds five personal fouls oh four from three-point land that was the funniest thing early in the game Dwight Powell kept getting left wide open out at the three-point line and he'd be standing well I don't want to be too crude he wasn't he wasn't gun shy, so I'll give him that. It was it was nice to see Dwight Powell just kind of shooting the ball when he was getting wide open at, at the three point line. But they also were pretty ugly shots, and and I'm sure the Bucks were like, okay, buddy, <laughs> like go ahead, you know. Uh, obviously, it didn't pan out for them in in the long run, but um, yeah. Uh, do do you just want me to keep talking about this game because I do have a lot of thoughts. No, that's what I I was hoping you'd go to uh, Dante DiVincenzo next because Eric Bledsoe, we haven't mentioned this yet, got hurt Friday night. And oh, I'm sorry, we did mention this last night. Sorry. But yeah. uh, Eric Bledsoe has been out and this was his second game out. And Bloods, with uh, Bledsoe out, Dante DiVincenzo is going to be starting at point guard. And he had a pretty nice line. Yep. Uh, just five points, but 10 rebounds, nine assists, three steals, one block. The block was great. It was later in the game. Um, really nice work there on that. And then uh, he also had a, you know, it, one of the funner things about DiVincenzo, and you can see this from his 10 rebounds, uh, he uses his athleticism to get rebounds. And like it, uh, th that may sound like not like an obvious thing, but when you see it happening, when you see him go for rebounds that he shouldn't be getting at his size and he'll just be like, okay, I'm going to jump up and grab this before anybody else gets it. You're just like, wow, that's fun. Um, so six, four, 42, 44 inch vertical and not lo super long arms, but I mean, he's super, athletic. right. But he's six, four and he's the smallest guy in, in the starting lineup. So, I mean, he's yeah. still the smallest guy out there. Um, and if there's one thing wrong with the Bucks on this side, I think for one thing, they, they weren't hitting shots, but like Chris Middleton only took 12 shots. What are you doing, Chris Middleton? Brooke Lopez didn't hit some shots early, got gun shy, was finished one of eight from the field. Like, dude, Brooke Lopez, nobody's going to care if you, you start the game 0 for 4 from three-point land, but on, on your fifth uh, attempt, lock in, hit the dang thing, and then hit the next two as well. So there, there was definitely some lack of aggressiveness from the other players on the roster. I mean, Ursan Ilyasova ended up with the third most shot attempts and he only played 17 minutes off the bench and Ursan, Ursan, you look at his line and you're like, Oh, not too bad. He was so bad. He was so bad in this game, even though he ended up being on the court for some of the, the comeback, he was so bad. 
And there's one instance where he even came away with a, I don't, I don't know if it was a, there was a rebound. I don't remember if it was off a free throw or what, but he tried to throw this like outlet pass that got picked off so easily. And it was, it was right. It was, it was like, while the, the, the bucks were down just by four, they had, they had chipped away at the lead. It was just, it was like the, it was the dumbest, stupidest, most idiotic time to get a turnover there. And, um, yeah. So anyways, it's just rough that the fact that Giannis sold out, got 48 points, made it look easy watching him do it in the game. And he, none of his teammates like recognized that with Eric Bledsoe out, somebody else needs to step up and score points. Now, the one cool thing to see off the bench was, uh, Kyle Korver come in and he, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. Run to the three point line, get open. Giannis will pass you the ball bang him in and he was six of eight from the field five of seven from three-point land in just 25 minutes so Kyle Corbett had a nice game there but this is it's nice to see him kind of be the the, the microwave there in a given game but it's not going to be consistent from game to game uh it was a pretty cool getting to see Chris Dabbs Porzingis in person yeah man you know I'm I'm like one of the bigger Chris Dabbs fans out there or I, I think why one of the reasons why I stand up for Chris Stapp so much or want to build the narrative around him so much is because I feel like there's been a lack of appreciation for the things he did before he tore his ACL and a lack of uh, appreciation of him coming back from it. Now, that's fair. There were some negative narratives that, that hovered around him in his departure from the Knicks, but in the same respect, the, 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 the kind of basketball player that he pro- showed to be an all-star, he was an all-star in his sophomore season, it, it, it portends really good things for his career going forward. And, and he missed a year and a half due to injury. Like that's gonna, it's going to take a little bit of time to, to come into your groove. Also, he's been playing with one of the best players in the league. One of the top three players in the league, arguably this season already. So he's, he's willingly stepped into a, a more subdued role than what he would generally be able to take on for a team and he's been playing a ton of minutes you know he's not getting rested in back-to-backs yet or or he got rested in one back-to-back out of three i believe so far this season so the other ones were kind of circumstantial because they were uh one of the games of each of the back-to-backs had a blowout in it so you can look at it conditionally and say well you know they they were kind of resting him because they didn't need to play him a full con- uh, uh a complement of minutes in both games but regardless of all that, there was this, these narratives out there this summer that Chris Stapps was going to end up resting for like 15 or more games this year. And and another reason why I've been on such a high horse trying to like pimp him up is I wrote I wrote an article this uh, this preseason that I was like, all this stuff is baloney, and here are the reasons why. And so it's nice to kind of feel like ju- like I'm getting justified in my arguments too you know, for a lot of this stuff, like, okay, all the research I did and all the different narratives I looked at and all the, just the experience I have of looking at the crap that some of these teams say and the timing that they say these things. And then the real, the, the realism or the, the, the between the lines stuff that you sometimes have to read into stuff and be like, no, 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 this guy's returning from this injury. We know that it takes this long for someone to heal from this injury. We also know that this usually happens when players return from these injuries in regards to their production and how long it takes for them to actually get back into the the player that they used to be. So if you just add up all that crap, like it's not 
I don't know, sometimes you can just see the pattern. So it feels good to feel like I saw the pattern and that it's actuating a little bit, but maybe I'm patting myself on the back too much in public, I, at least. I know you've been to the Pfizer forum a few times, if I'm not mistaken. What is your thoughts? It's one of the newest NBA arenas outside of <laughs> um, where the Warriors just opened up. So I had gone there for a, I, I sat courtside last year for the one game I went to. And that was like a special occasion thing, the bucket list item for my, br- my brother and I. So I only saw the, the lower stuff and that was amazing. Like a peek behind the curtain. We're like, Oh, I, this is what rich people do. All right. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> so that was fun. Um, uh, just to like the, the buffets of food and like, you know, the ostentatiousness of some of the situation, the fact that the players are running right by you as you're sitting there, drinking a martini and eating some fondue Filthy and, martini. and then you know i got to yell at darvin ham you know duncan darvin ham you know a pistons great from their their 2004 uh championship team because he's an assistant coach on the on the box and and also then he pumps his fist on the oh did he he, yeah, he responded he acknowledged, he acknowledged yeah that's good see darvin ham is pretty cool because if you look at this this century he was on until this last two years, the best Bucks team and the best Pistons team. I, why do you think they were those? Because of Darvin Ham, and you know who Duncan else was on Darvin both those Ham. teams? Do you do you want to guess who was who the other player on both those teams? The two thousand one Bucks and the 04 Pistons. Derek Coleman, Eldon Campbell. No. no. Um, it's a guard with a girl's name. Oh, uh, Lindsey Hunter. Very good. Cool. Yes. After they won the title in 04 with the Pistons, they kind of talked about how that team talked about that 01 team and how there was a eventually became some issues between whether it be Ray Allen and George Carl or Ray Allen and Anthony Mason the next year. Just uh, a mess. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that sometimes, the whole uh, Ray Allen for Gary Payton trade and how that ruined your your childhood. I was a freshman in high school when it happened. It was pretty brutal. Yeah, Desmond Mason, though, you know. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, some other interesting notes from this game with Luka Doncic being out. Jalen Brunson got the start at point guard, played 32 minutes, 13 points, 11 assists. Jalen Jalen Brunson's a going to be a rotation player in the NBA for a long time. But I, I fear for any team that has him as like their starting point guard at some point, if if if. Look, I, when I look at Jalen Brunson, I see Jameer Nelson way too much. And Jameer Nelson being the leading point guard for that Orlando Magic team for as long as he was, was like yeah. one of the more annoying things in the NBA. Agreed. So <laughs> that's what I fear about from Jalen Brunson. Looks like he's 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 doing well, though. So 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 from that respect, uh, g- good on you, Jalen. And you played good tonight. Um, hit, hit your open shots. So that was nice. Maxi Kleba. Uh, he followed out in 29 minutes, 10 points, seven rebounds, two of five from three point land. You know, I just, I think Maxi Kleber's better than Dwight Powell as a two way player. For one thing, Maxi Kleber with you. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a Dwight Powell guy whatsoever. He to me is like a 12 to 15 minute a night guy. He's man. He's so, unique looking too because like he's got the body of you know uh like a 
like a chiseled statue, but then the expressions on his face are just like uh, a bookworm. No, like a like like he's a teenager or something. Like he's just he just looks like a kid at all times. Like he's just got a very youthful face, and it's very innocent, and it's very it has this aloofness to it to it where it just like he's not totally. I don't want to say that he's not totally engaged, but I, I don't know, man. You're talking about Jackson Hayes, I feel like, and not Dwight Powell. No, I'm talking about Dwight Powell, but maybe I'm just trying to find reasons to hate on Dwight Powell because I didn't, I didn't like the way he looked out there tonight. I'm not um, a fan, and I've seen him play live as well. Uh, the Mavericks came to Madison, Wisconsin, for a preseason game a, a few years back, and uh, I got to see Dwight Powell. I think he was a rookie that year and had some pretty ferocious dunks, but not a not a huge fan of his game either. You know, you know, a couple of guys who games I do like Delon Wright who played 19 minutes off the bench, 13 points, two assists, three rebounds, four steals, one yeah. block, one of one from three-point land. DeLon Wright was making such decisive cuts with the ball towards the rack. He was, man, he looked good out there. I don't know why Coach Carlisle doesn't see what I think a lot of people see out of DeLon Wright. So uh, I'm kind of confused as to why he's not somebody who gets more run with this team. I think he'd be a great fit next to Luka Doncic for his defense. Like, uh, I don't know. I guess it is what it is. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. was still in the starting lineup. One of 10 from the field, zero five from three point land. Just not a big fan. Uh, Seth Curry though. Great game. 26 points, four of eight from three point land, nine of 15 overall. I don't want to say that the Bucks didn't guard Seth Curry, but it was definitely a situation where it's like, maybe you should play harder defense on him instead of just like, there was, there was a couple instances where, you know, it, you see, you see, you see how open a guy is and you're like, well, that's way too open for that guy. <laughs> and then, and then you, you see that, you know, you can tell by their body and how well they, they get into their shot and you're just like, Oh, this is not going to end good. <laughs> So yeah. and, and that was that was a lot of watching Seth Curry on Monday night was oh man that's not good that's not good <laughs> he's he's a Curry man what do you yeah. what can you say yeah it, I I gotta tell you man it was it's you know I spend so many nights sitting here alone at home and I mean obviously I love doing the podcast with you because it gets us to talk about everything that happens every night but like being dude there was such good energy in the crowd on a Monday night for a game against the Dallas Mavericks. It was awesome. The, the the Bucks fans really are getting getting amped up. There's still way too much complaining about you know the the the, the things around the edges like hearing people in the crowd complain about Chris Middleton and this and oh man if you know you complaining about Eric Bledsoe, I just I can't even now I didn't complain about the the Pistons championship team until like you know, after was going off the rails years later, but like Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, you know, Mehmet Kerr off the bench, Corliss Williamson, Duncan Darvin Ham, everybody on that roster. You loved every single one of them. Like that's why that's like the, the only guy that I think you, you know, you Bucks fans should be complaining about for the most part is Ilya Silva. Like, yeah, because him and, him and uh, Robin Lopez. But even Robin, 
the fact that he's came in here and had some bang in three point games, you're just like, what? Like he's like he legit can do that. Uh, we'll see. And and him and Giannis wrestling before the game every game well, that, for entertainment purposes and just for fun of having both Lopez twins. Yeah, it's great that they have him. And yeah, is, the wrestling thing is just for me as a wrestling fan to see the my what, what's you know, that snake thing that Giannis time. keeps doing with his hand. Okay, so that is something uh, that this Ma- Canadian, no, it's uh, this Canadian he put a sock on his hand today. Well, it's a it's a snake puppet, and the guy would put a sock on. Um, okay. God, I'm having a hard time thinking of his name, but he's a Canadian wrestler who pretends to be uh, Santino Morelli is his name. He's a Canadian wrestler who pretends to be Italian, and the way he got it is like he pretended to be a fan, and they called him in, and eventually was this total comedy wrestler. And it was very unlike anything else that's on the show. You know, everything is is a lot of times, you know, lighthearted, but is can be very serious and violent. But Santino Morello um, was was very funny and had the sock puppet that was a snake. So that was like it was called the Cobra. So he would kind of hit his arm and get it going and awaken the snake. And then at one point there was a snake charmer where someone was charming his faked arm snake to to do other things i mean it's completely ridiculous it's totally professional wrestling and over the top but it is like a very like low-key niche thing that you would have to be a pretty big fan to know uh santino and so that gets your jollies going the the, the fact that Giannis knows how good Giannis did it and like how it it really was very well done you guys got to check this out anytime you see uh robin lopez and Giannis, and then usually Wes Matthews can be involved too. In, Which uh, isn't that great? Wrestling. The fact that yeah. like it's Giannis is you know one of the youngest cats on the team, and then Robin and especially Wes Matthews are like two of the older dudes on the team, yeah. and they're yeah. the ones getting into the wrestling matches, the the horsing around before the Portland game for a couple of years. Together. That's why Dallas won because the Bucks were horsing around. Oh, there, yeah, right. <laughs> Ain't nobody better at horsing around than yeah, or because you were, yeah, or because uh, very good, or because you were in the in the stadium, arena. No way, dude! I obviously bring mad wizard uh, magic, and although wizards How ride other ho- NBA wizards teams ride horses, not bucks. Yeah, I could get me a buck though. I could ride a buck. Your wizard have to, magic. Have to put some like uh you're bringing the heat for the wizard magic. Have to put some corks on the end heat of those antlers fun. though, so I don't end up poking my eye. Woo. All right, we're off the rails here. Let's uh talk about the games we got coming up tomorrow night. We got six games. Kyle, I'm gonna shout out a game and do you wanna tell me if there's any injury news or are we I'm joining just rifle through the games? Uh I want you to give me two seconds to get to tomorrow's games. All right. Uh, all right. Six games on Tuesday. Los Angeles at Indiana. Anthony Davis was questionable after tweaking his ankle near the end of the Lakers' previous game. Kyle Kuzma was be, will be out with his own ankle issue. And Rajon Rondo is probable with his left hamstring problem. Um, hopefully the... Hopefully Anthony Davis is going to be healthy enough to play in this game because I want to see that Sabonis matchup. Or do they? Do you think they put Miles Turner on him? I think both guys will get shots at Davis. 
Yeah, that, that'd be fun to watch. Uh, and plus, this is a another game that, like, you know, if the injuries break the right way for the Pacers and, and or if Oladipo just comes back healthier than what people expect or it, to be, be be more impactful than what people expect, maybe the Pacers can uh, be the dark horse out of the out of the East this season, kind of the way the Raptors were last year. So that's Anything interesting to me. Possible. Yeah. Uh, next game on the, on the docket for Tuesday night, Sacramento Kings at the Charlotte Hornets. De'Aaron Fox is probable to return this. He was supposed to have a grade three ankle sprain. How is he coming back so quick? Talking about De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm very happy for it. Cause I traded for him in fantasy while he was out. Yeah, I don't even know if we should mention that trade because the thing is, I'm sitting here with Andre at the house talking to him about how grade three sprains be messing dudes up. And Andre's like, oh, man. And I'm I'm telling Andre, I'm like, you know, I might consider trading that guy. But then Andre traded you for Derek White. Yeah, he sold way too low. Don't tell him I told you that, though. Yeah. Well, he listens every day. So, yeah, I know. Sorry, Andre. You sold way too low, bro. I didn't. I couldn't break it to your. I couldn't say nothing to your face like that. That that that's when you know I'm lying when I just don't say nothing. Because mm-hmm. I'm lying. That's a lie of omission. That's me saying I can't break your. You know, it it would hurt you too much to tell you the truth. You can't handle the truth. Uh, Marvin Williams is probable for the Charlotte Hornets. He'd la- missed the last few games with right knee soreness. It, it'll be important for Marvin Williams to get back for the Hornets with uh, PJ Washington being out after he had surgery to repair his broken pinky finger. Uh, Nicola- Nicholas Batum is doubtful. Sacramento at Charlotte should be a good game, actually. So I'm interested in that. Uh, hopefully De'Aaron Fox is. It'll be interesting to see how, how they bring him back. And this guy's. This guy is so reliant on his speed as part of his game. And he plays at such a high speed that like, I'm, I'm super surprised that they're bringing him back early from a grade three sprain, unless their medical staff sucks. And it wasn't actually a grade three sprain and they misdiagnosed it. So, which I don't want to put on the medical staff, but that might be the truth. That might be a thing. You got any thoughts about Sacramento and Charlotte? Are you are you still there? Yeah, the Kings have been playing well, so I'm ex- interested to see how De'Aaron Fox uh, gets back into the mix. So, and then uh, what happens in the front good. court? You got, Bag- you got Bagley back uh, last week, so there's there's yeah. But to- is he going to start at power forward over Nemanja finally, or you know, were they it, were they just waiting for De'Aaron to get back to integrate Bagley as well? So they're like, okay, we get both these guys back. Uh, Kojo can go to the bench, play with Nemanja off the bench, and they, they got that battery going together. I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but uh, I'm trying to create a positive narrative around the fact that Coach Luke Walmart was bringing Bagley off the bench for the last two games instead of getting him time playing with Rashawn Holmes for what should be the team's planned upon future front court right now. But who am I to make insinuations about a team making logical decisions about their future? I think you're the perfect person. Okay. Um, Moving on to the Hawks and the Knicks. Atlanta at the Knicks. Uh, Jabari Parker is probable. John Collins still has three games left on his suspension. Kevin Huerta, who uh, re-injured his shoulder or injured his shoulder again. 
in a different way uh, is questionable for this one. Wayne Ellington remains out for the Knicks as well as Alonzo Trier with his concussion and Reggie Bullock after he, uh, well, he's been out all season. So that's, that doesn't mean anything. Hey, Atlanta at New York, it's a, uh, it's a couple of crappy teams. So should be a good time. There you go. Good times had by all. I'm uh, actually probably going to watch that game. I want to. I got to see how Alfred Payton continues to uh, do for the Knicks. Uh, whether or not Frank Nilakina can have a second good game after his uh, good one the last game out, and then just how uh, I, I want to see how Julius Randle continues to do playing under Coach Miller. He's been he's been good of late. Although you're not going to be too surprised if if anybody has a good game in in this one with Atlanta and New York. Neither teams played, uh, you know, competent defense really. Uh, my one note on that is would be uh, Barrett versus Reddish could be an interesting matchup. Duke versus Duke, rookie versus oh, rookie. A lot nice. of talk there uh, of those two, you know, be, who's the second guy behind Zion last year at Duke. So that could be a fun matchup if you are going to check out the Knicks and the Hawks tomorrow. What's uh, up next? Oh, what, a, what a green day. That's a, It's going to be a Dukey Bowl. Uh... <laughs> Keep it going, Nimrod. <laughs> ah! Um, uh, hey, you sound like an American idiot. <laughs> oh, warning. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't have any more. Anybody who picked up on what we just did, kudos to you for, uh, whatever. Um, oh uh, gosh, you know what? I feel like a basket case, but we should probably talk about Brooklyn Very- at, <laughs> is, but is that, that was off. That was off. That's a song off Dookie. Yeah, my bad. All right. Anyways, All Brooklyn. Right. At New- uh, I am at- lacking sleep because I am an insomniac. Oh, or is it insomnia? Oh, dang. Anyway. Okay. All right. Here we go. Brooklyn at New Orleans. Uh, Karis LeVert and Kyrie Irving remain out. Nicholas Claxton's out, too. And then J.J. Redick has a groin issue that's going to keep him out for the New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans has been getting slapped around lately. So I don't really know if uh, I trust them to pull this one out but the vegas line says that brooklyn's only expected to win by two i guess that says something that brooklyn's expected to win on the road in new orleans though uh any i'm just trying to get as much jackson hayes as i can so there's there's some rumors going around that drew holidays on the trade block or that teams are are seeking out or showing interest in and in potentially acquiring drew holiday or at least keeping tabs on him if he becomes available uh, so we've seen Lonzo ball come off the bench recently for the new Orleans Pelicans. And if you play fantasy, it might be a buy low moment based on the fact that if, if the team is selling off a guy, like even if they sell off JJ Redick in a trade, but if they also sell off drew holiday, then the, the door really opens up for Lonzo ball. And to be honest, like that's probably going to be a really good fit. I, I do they need to get a shooting guard like a JJ Redick, who's more on the same timeline as these guys, or maybe you just go, look, you need, you need, I think Brandon Ingram should be your, 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 uh, your half court facilitator a lot of the time. And then Lonzo ball is just your guy that he's your shooting guard. He's your three and D shooting guard, but he's also somebody who you ask to go get bored so that he can look up, look up the court to try to speed things up. You know, he's your, he can get the ball up the court. He can get your speed going. He can get your pace going. But when you get into those half court sets, like you got to get the ball out of Lonzo's hand 
and he's got to start running off the ball and start trying to get a lot of those backdoor cuts that he used to get back in college and things like that. There's there's got to be different ways to use Lonzo to open him up and and to be, do better or to acknowledge the things that he maybe doesn't do well enough right now. I, I know we talked about this uh, last time, but I guess the whole Drew Holiday possibly getting traded thing has me a lot more interested in Lonzo Ball than I was two days ago. Uh, next game to talk about Orlando at Utah. El Camino remains out for the magic. Mike Conley is probable for Utah after he's been out for quite a few games here with hamstring issues. So, Hey man, that's really good to see uh, Conley probable for Utah, Utah. When they list a guy probable, it's, it's pretty much like marking him available. They, they're not going to mark a guy probable unless they know he's playing. Or at least he's going to give it a go. So, uh, Jazz 15 and 11. They got the sixth spot in the West right now. Magic holding on to the eighth seed at 12 and 14. This would be an interesting game. Both teams are, you know, trying to. Both teams are good ish, but maybe not meeting their own expectations so far this season. And I mean, any game with Jonathan Isaac in, I'm going to want to watch. There you go. And then the uh, the final game of the night, Phoenix Suns at Los Angeles Clippers. DeAndre Ayton is back, as you mentioned earlier. Anthony, Devin Booker, questionable with his forearm contusion. I think the team just t- is listing him as a forearm contusion so that we don't talk about the fact that he's probably sitting out with the wrist injury that was bothering him before this forearm contusion. I might be making up conspiracies, though, in that regard. So... Not making it up, but but drawing the drawing the wrong uh, drawing the wrong uh, data. Uh, Tyler Johnson is questionable. Jamichael Green for the Clippers is questionable, as well as Lou Williams. Kawhi Leonard is probable, and Patrick Beverly is questionable. So a lot of potential injury misses there for the Clippers, which could open the door for Phoenix to actually uh, maybe steal one. Although playing on the second night of back to back, I guess they'll be riding the high of getting eight. But if Booker's not available, yeah. This Suns team, after having a hot start to the season, looks like they might be falling into some pits. Hopefully DeAndre Ayton's the uh, the, the the boost they pit need. There what was that? Go. The pit boss. Pit boss. Isn't that have to do with racing? I have no idea. That's that's some NASCAR talk. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not racist. Oh, NASCAR isn't racist. It's... Oh, I know. I just asked me if it was about racing. Oh, race is racist. I get it. Okay. Well, I guess that's it, brother. All right. Well, we that was a lot guys. more talk than I expected to do about all these games. <laughs> so no I appreciate kidding. you for having more energy than I expected <laughs> you to. Anthony worked until pretty much we started the podcast. So he he got home. Sat down, you know. I I ate a burrito while he looked over some stuff. Um, I was researching crap on my way back from the Bucks game and trying to stay up ahead of stuff before the game started. But you know how it is in these arenas with everybody on their phones, you can't get no reception, at least not nothing no consistent. So, right. so yeah, I mean, there, there was a part of me that wanted to stream some stuff from the game, but it's like I can't, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's tough, yeah, it's tough when you're there. But my um, hair looked great in the picture I posted on Twitter, though. Somebody um, said I looked like a caveman, which is fair. But um, I'm an extreme caveman when I have my stuff grown out. So 
That's cool. I don't know what yeah, makes it, an extreme. What makes a caveman extreme, though? Like you snowboard and drink no, Mountain Dew. Uh, it has to do with where my brows are shaped in relation to the rest of my head. It's very Neanderthal oh, at times. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, you got you got thick eyebrows, right? Are you hiding yeah. them underneath that hat right now? Is that what's going on? A, a little bit. I don't, not too much. Yeah. Not so bad. Yeah, there's uh, sometimes I look at your face and I'm like, are those eyebrows or extra mustaches? <laughs> that's fair yeah they're about the that's all about the same really i that have was, three of them that was like a that was like a, a two out of ten mitch hedberg joke <laughs> good god all right folks we appreciate you guys tuning in for kyle i'm anthony rate review like subscribe anything you can do to help us out we appreciate it yep we're Find up to uh we're up to 10 itunes uh ratings and reviews and we'd like to get to 20 um so anybody who can help us do that i will uh i'll come over and braid your hair i promise <laughs> all right all right that's the end of the show we'll see you tomorrow kerplunk <laughs>